Welcome to The Table, a place where stories are told, life is shared, and our hope is that you'll leave full. We encourage you to sit back, pull up a chair, and enjoy the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Table. I'm your co-host Drew Phillips, and joining me around the table today is my other co-host, Chris Albritton. Present. And Chris Parker. Hey. Now, before we get into this, Chris, um, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. Um, most of the time I call you Christopher, um, and then sometimes I call you Chris. Mm. So I might slip up, but do you have a preference? When someone refers to you, do you like Christopher? Do you like Chris? Does it matter at all? The Parker? Um, as long as we don't get confused, okay. uh, I'm okay with Chris. You're okay, okay with yeah. Chris? All right. I'm okay with Chris. Perfect. I'll do my best not to uh, interject on the questions there. Yeah, we'll... Um, I know we'll... lots about mental health. <laughs> 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 oh, very good. Well, um... Chris, will you go ahead and just give us a little bit of your story, your background, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and some of the hobbies, things you enjoy to do. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. Um, Boy, I could start with an idyllic childhood. Um, And Drew, you know a little bit about me from small group, Mm -hmm. but um, raised in the south and southeast Alabama in the pine trees and in the... I'm very familiar with that, in by the, the way. Fishing. Louisiana has a lot of pine trees. We got Washington. this. We got, yeah. There's a connection here yes. I'm getting with yes. Chris. Um, while I've lost my accent, uh, those were really good times. I'm still holding on to mine. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. I like it. Yeah. Um, so uh, raised in a divorced home. Okay. That was pretty early for me. Um, that's something that's really done a lot to define my life. Um, at a very early age, mom and dad split she came up to Kansas, and he stayed in Alabama, um, which put my sister and I going two times a year um, to go visit. Mm. Um, while while that was a lot of traveling, um, it was really good to have two really great parents. Um, and even though that was something that really helped shape me and put me um, in the counseling seat and helping me do what I do today... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still able to say I came through childhood pretty, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, had had good parents, uh, really good upbringing, raised in small towns, um, good family, um, and uh, that that's been something that's really been a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming from the hill in Alabama, where I got to play as any boy would want to, mm-hmm. um, to school, (laughs) those types of things. It took me a while to get into the swing of that. Mm -hmm. I would, um, I still remember a time when I would play hide and seek. This would have been third grade. I made it to third grade. And the first 10 minutes of class, I would hide from my, (laughs) from my teacher. (laughs) So I did not take things seriously. (laughs) Um, no, now, it, so so it took me a long time to take things seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my mine has been a life of fun, um, having a good time, raised in the church, um, really good faith on both sides. Um, and it wasn't until later for me that I really found my reason um, why Christ needed to be the center of my life on a personal level. And why ultimately I wanted to um, do something that directly glorified Him okay. in my day to day. So, very nice. So you're married, correct? 
Yeah, married. Uh, my wife's Hannah. Been married. We're going on nine years now. Okay. So very yeah. nice, very nice. And what are some things you and Hannah enjoy doing together? Oh man, um, I had a crush on Hannah in second grade. A lot of people don't know that. Um, I was attracted to her vibrant green headgear. <laughs> she she thought I had a jacket a lot like her dad's. So uh, it, it drew us at a young age. Um, I tried to date Hannah in high school. And I told her that I liked her. And her response was silence. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The dreaded oh, silence. Uh, still, um, she, she did enjoy... Um, dancing we went to prom together okay and my best friend his uh, mom kim uh, who is sort of like another mom to me um and he's a brother to me uh, still to this day but we would go to his house every sunday night and hannah and her sister kendra would come over and we would we would practice our swing dancing oh. uh, so we were prepping for the prom this is where it all started then, this huh? is it this is it oh, this is a great now. this is a great fun thing it, you know there's a lot worse dates than uh, getting to do basically private dance lessons um, in the laid back setting and having a good time yeah so. very nice and then so when did when did you guys actually start dating and and how did that process go yeah we well, so I don't want to say I stalked her. That's a little strong. Uh, but she did go to Kansas State University. I went to Manhattan Christian College. While we did not date in high school, uh, we did date in our first semester of college. We quickly took stock of the guys and gals in, in college, which was one of her concerns uh, yeah. that if we were to start dating in high school, that we would go to college and, um, you know, just not a great time to start a relationship. Yeah. So. Um, it didn't take us long, though, to, to start kind of where we left off. We started doing the dancing every week. Um, she would come to my campus. I would go to her campus. And uh, a lot of my friend group from Abilene, where I grew up, uh, just came on over to Manhattan, which was the town um, of K-State and MCC. And we just kept going. We mm. kept the hangouts going, a good group of people that we held on to. Um, we did the dancing. What else did we do? Uh, really like um, outdoors, okay. going camping, fishing, hunting, that kind of thing. Um, did did quite a bit of working out. Uh, my buddy was a D1 athlete at K-State. So uh, back in those days, I was pretty fit and <laughs> uh, enjoyed doing that. But um, Still holding on to it now. Yeah, Still thank, holding on to thank it. you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And, and, and we <laughs> want to let our listeners know the, the reason that uh, Chris Albritton earlier said that he still, that's where it all began, is uh, New Year's Eve. Yes. Uh, this last year, we had a, a New Year's Eve party at our house, <laughs> and Chris and his wife, Hannah, um, gave us a little bit of a taste of their dancing skills and did a little salsa. Very Am impressive. I right? That's right. In, 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 in our living room. one day and how it, to do this. So. It, it, was, it was the highlight of the night. Yes. Oh, um, good. It was, it, everything after that point was, was downhill. And so we appreciated them <laughs> sharing their, their uh, skills and their talents and abilities in my living room uh, that evening. Yeah. So, Chris, you were talking earlier about your parents divorcing. Uh, did you guys seek any counseling during that time, or was it just kind yeah. of a hard separate or doing different things? That's a good question. Uh, we did not. Uh, it was still a very pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps sort of lifestyle that's so popular in the Midwest. Um, while I did not go directly to counseling, a 
big role, um, uh, not role, but a big factor in my life has been uh, mentorship. So I had some really trusted men in my life who came alongside me, and they they were really strong leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, they acknowledged that they saw something in me. They wanted yeah. to tease that out. Yeah. And that was really great because um, um, I guess another thing, too, is uh, I had a good stepdad. Um, he, he was um, came across as strict growing up, had boundaries, but those were really good um, boundaries to grow up in. Yeah. And yeah. So, so I feel like a lot of those important things, behavioral things, um, issues in that sense, um, were, were kind of taken care of in a really good close group of friends that God blessed me with yeah, as well. Yeah. So. so describe to us why you became interested in uh, in the area that you are currently employed in right now. So Yeah, so uh, Wellspring Counseling Center is where I work. Um, that's been something that's um, in March, that'll be three years. Um, so we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. That was a brainchild of a pastor, um, Brad Bush, and he was over at uh, Maple Ridge, I believe it was. And there was a group of like-minded counselors and pastors in the area. We met at an event. Um, when I joined the conversation, it was Michael Cusick. And he does, um, oh, it is uh, Surfing for God is the book that he does. And he's a pastor over in Denver. or a um, Counselor. Counselor. Counselor, pastor, yeah. counselor and a, I think a teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Teacher there at the college. So, um, So we all liked what he had to say. We all realized, man, there's a really big need in the area. What does it look like to blend um, counseling and our faith? And mm-hmm. that really took me back to what formed my approach to counseling and faith in the first place. Um, I always had a sense that I wanted to go into counseling. Um, in high school, one of my mentors had said, there's this guy you really need to meet at, in Manhattan. His name is Judd Swihart. And he's a Christian counselor. He owns the counseling center there. And I think you guys would really get along. So come to find out, his wife, Nancy Swihart, was one of my professors at Manhattan Christian College and my advisor. Uh, We met. She invited me out to her place. I got to meet her husband, which was like a legend. (laughs) uh, I was a little starstruck by that just because I'd heard such good things. And I knew as soon as I met him, um, I wanted to be like that guy. I wanted his his family lifestyle. They lived out on a farm. Um, I wanted his uh, drive to serve Christ, his selflessness. He's a PhD, but you called him Judd, uh, and he's a he was out on his farm. That was kind of a ranch, and um, you you wouldn't tell looking at him that he had his PhD and was such a formative player in actually the whole counseling field. Um, he knew people like Dallas Willard, who they started um, their Bible study together, which was actually called Wellspring. Wow. <laughs> and that's where we got the name yeah. for Wellspring. Um, some input. I think it it matched up with what some of the other people were thinking, and we decided to go for it. So um, God, God leading in all yeah. those areas. And um, I always kind of knew. That was where I, I wanted to be. Very so. nice. And now tell us your role at Wellspring here uh, in the area. Yeah. Uh, so in July, Wellspring decided to let me come on and try out a new role, 
which would be not only coming on full-time as a counselor, but um, as the director of development at Wellspring. And uh, if you don't know what that means, that's a fancy term for fundraising. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've I've been very blessed with a good team around me to help me grow in my role. This is the first time I'd ever done anything like that. Um, Todd Jensen has been a really good um, help to me. He actually does fundraising through Purdue. Um, Reggie has taken me under his wing. Uh, Reggie Alderman here at Calvary. Um, Amy is a very formative player at Wellspring and helping get all that started with just tireless effort (laughs) and a really good team that showed me, man, there's a lot of people who really want this thing to happen. And, um, it, it's, it's been a joy to be a part of that. So very nice, very nice. nice. Um, and this is something that you actually had an opportunity, um, um, to come on stage, um, with Daniel, as we talked about, uh, mental health in the church and, um, during our neon series that we did, um, and appreciate your time and wisdom. And I think one of the things I wanted to, to chat a little bit as we had some time together is, um, sometimes, uh, Christianity or the church and counseling have sat at odds and you couldn't be a Christian and go get counseling because Christ is all that you need and you don't need anything else. And so that's why I like, um, Wellspring's uh, model of Christian counseling and how do those two, um, come together. And so what I would love just to pick your brain about is as Christians or as the church, um, how can we come alongside people, um, and encourage them if they do need counseling or how to identify some of that? That's a really good question. Um, I think there's a few parts to this. Uh, one is, like you said, there's, a, there's odds between counseling and the church. And then I think on the other side, there's uh, counseling that's, in my opinion, a little too ingrained with faith. Okay. Um, and so there is a form of nuthetic counseling that is really, really helpful for the mature believer, um, where um, there's a level of maturity. People are, as Paul would say, they're onto the the more solid food. Mm. Um, So they can take scripture and apply it to their life. And as Christians, I think that is so important Mm -hmm. for us to be able to readily do. So the church is always in the process of equipping and bringing a greater level of health, Um, a greater level of integrated lifestyle into the community of the church, opportunities to serve and and understand what it is to give back, to get those intrinsic rewards of being selfless and and humble. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I think, uh, at least towards the beginning um, of my counseling career, uh, was very much, as you said, though, um, we have counseling on one side of the spectrum, and we've got faith on the other side, and uh, none the two shall meet in the <laughs> middle, right? Um, so w- what I wanted and what I have come to find out a lot of other people wanted, and we've all sort of set out on these individual conquests to find this thing that is a blending of faith and good clinical sound counseling, um, which uh, how I tell clients is... Uh, I can't separate the work of Christ in my own life. I cannot separate that truth. And and even in my community mental health days, uh, that was difficult for me because you weren't really allowed to breach that topic unless other people wanted it breached. Um, But but I 
But I found in Christian counseling, more use of self is actually welcome. Um, So it's an ability for me to share my testimony of faith. It's an ability for me to uh, maybe just state, not not so much from a clinical sense, but from a personal sense, Mm -hmm. and and to couch that in, well, here's what I believe on a theological level. Um, now, where that strikes you, where you're currently sitting, uh, let me let me dissect that a little bit with my clinical um, assessment. Sure. Um, so, so while the faith, I think, has the answers, I think the clinical really helps us figure out why there's such a difficult time applying that. Okay. Um, and so, and I think you may need both. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of people, if they feel like they they should be able to take scripture and apply it directly to their lives, they feel a sense of shame when they can't do that correctly. So they not only feel like they're a bad person, but they're also a bad Christian. And uh, a a lot of people have come to me with that. Um, And then on the other side, uh, you've got people who don't even want to um, address that there's an issue because they're unsure how to move forward Mm -hmm. because the powers that be aren't comfortable knowing how to move forward themselves. <laughs> and so maybe they, they sit on it. And, and like I said, I grew up in this sort of Midwestern approach of pull yourself up by your bootstraps and keep going. And um, even in my own life, something that's really helped me is running into a time where that wasn't enough hmm. for me. Um, and, and maybe that's something we can talk about at some point as yeah. well. Yeah. Certainly. So uh, as uh, someone who is listening to this, uh, a lot of people are familiar, our listeners specifically, are familiar with Wellspring, uh, but maybe just aren't certain as to whether they even need counseling or not. I know I have a great friend of mine uh, back in Louisiana who I can go to and confide in. He is kind of my counselor, although he would probably never say that because we are very close friends and that is probably not a, a good working relationship to be your counselor and your best friend. But uh, he is somebody who I can go to for anything. And so what would you tell the listeners, like, what are some, some cues that maybe you just need to check into uh, uh, and to discuss with a counselor? So Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to say first, um, I try to work myself out of a job by allowing people to see that they have those kind of friendships. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't, mm-hmm. uh, especially adults. They don't allow themselves close friendships. Yeah. Um, they feel like maybe... Um, their responsibilities to their kids or their family or their job, and they stop tending to their community. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that uh, as a spoiler alert, that, that's where I tend to go uh, with yeah. clients is what are some things in your life that, that you already have that you haven't been able to fully tap into because mm-hmm. you haven't had the resources? Mm-hmm. Um, now, what was your question again after that? Uh, what are some, some cues, some things that if you're given a healthy evaluation, a person who's considering, do I, do I even need counseling? Sure. Do yeah. I just need to go talk to somebody? Do I need to go talk to a pastor? Or, sure. Um, yeah, I spoke to some of that um, on the, in the Neon series yes. on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big thing that Daniel and I discussed, and he did a really great job with um, kind of leading us through that conversation, uh, but we talked about how that is so relative mm-hmm. um, that anything that's good um, could become a bad thing if it's done at the wrong time or in the wrong amount. Um, I think it's a it's a really good video by Dan Allender that I share with a lot of clients, but he talks about our levels of cortisol, which is our stress 
um, hormone in our brain. Um, when we have high levels of cortisol, we may be attracted to doing something that is dangerous or overworking or something because it tends to move our speedometer. But what happens when we have high levels of cortisol over a large period of time is we start misusing things like work, like working out, like uh, putting ourselves in situations where we need to come through and pull it off. Um, some of those types of risk-taking behaviors, um, how we bond with others. Uh, maybe we bond uh, with people who are highly dangerous, um, and that gives us a sense of a thrill, but that's not a sense of normal, healthy living that actually helps us take care of ourselves. Yeah. Um, so, so there is this sense of, um, I think, rhythm in life. And I think we each know, has mm-hmm. something upset that rhythm? Mm-hmm. And that could be anything from something that we should take time to mourn, maybe a loss of a loved one, uh, a, a difficult move, a transition that's hard, coping with difficult news. Um, any of that can be a very normal time that someone wants to seek counseling. And I would say that's even more widely accepted as yeah. when those things come up, you know, get help. Uh, but I think the things that often go untreated are those other times when you wake up and you feel heavy, um, right when you wake up Mm. and you got to make a conscious decision to get out of the bed. Mm. Um, when you stop, um, enjoying certain things, finding that joy in things you used to love, um, when you are coping with overeating, over drinking, over stimulating, um, all of that, that kind of upsets that sense of rhythm Mm. and, and normal care that uh, a lot of people would see as kind of the ideal in life. Yeah. So. And how would people, um, how do they recognize that in their own life? Are they, is that a a self-evaluation? Could that be that you see that in somebody else and you need to go say, hey, something's changed in the past six months to a year? Yeah. (laughs) Ideally, you'd have the kind of friends that are like, hey, dude, um, you need to get some help here. Yeah. uh, or, or even, you know, hey, let's go together. Um, mm-hmm. I'll support mm-hmm. you in this. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are scared of what they're going to find at counseling. Right. Um, I try to really help people feel a lot more comfortable saying that if I do my job well, I'm going to empty any judgment of anyone who comes in. I'm going to allow a blank slate, and I'm going to let them build up their own story to me. Hmm. In that sense, I see what is important to them? Mm-hmm. Um, how are they framing their life? Um, I keep noticing that they come back around to this this thing that maybe is a little deeper that they don't know is a struggle, but that they're feeling that I can kind of pick up on. And um, I do that all with a sense of directness that I would value if I were in the council counselee seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do that also in a very honoring way to, to honor that yeah. steward, that vulnerability well. And that's something that um, I try to encourage people when they come, whether it's their kid who's nervous about going to some sort of appointment, or um, maybe it's a guy who has never wanted to talk about feelings before. <laughs> it, it doesn't need to feel like that at all. Yeah. So I think I think one good thing is that it can be very relative yeah. and it changes based on the people who come in. So if you are a friend of someone you feel like needs to come in or you suspect you yourself need to come in, um, 
that's going to be something where you detect um, there's not that balance going that's very healthy, and it may be good to get it figured out. And maybe that's something as a friend you want to walk with them in, and I would highly recommend that to anyone. Um, a lot of times we we kind of shy away from what we don't understand. Mm-hmm. But I think what is even a little better for friends to do in that case is to just know that there's a lot of deep waters in, yeah. that are moving and uh, to just remain present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. <clears throat> I appreciate that. And that Dan Allender video that you mentioned, we'll try to reference that in the show Certainly. notes in case that's helpful for someone to take a look at. We'll try to attach that to the to the podcast. Yes, he says an army moves forward on its socks. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we do, we do appreciate uh, your time with us today. And um, obviously there's such a deeper dive that we could go into. So hopefully we'll be able to, to have you back on, on the podcast again. Um, but as we finish up, one question that we always like to leave our listeners with as, as we've been, as they, as they have joined us around the table, um, what is something that they could wrap up with them and take home and ponder on later, think on, um, as, um, as they're thinking about this conversation. Sure. A big theme, maybe this is something God's put on my heart for this podcast, mm-hmm. but a big thing I, I've been thinking of lately is our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, God has really been bringing up times in my life. And I mentioned a time where, um, I need, I've even needed my own counseling in my own life. Mm-hmm. I was, a young 20 something, and training to be a counselor and uh, finding myself in anxiety and depression myself. Hmm. Newly married, uh, great life going on. Had this this sort of um, idyllic lifestyle where God was always with me, always leading me. And here he led me intentionally into something that felt like way too much for Hmm. me to chew on my own. And uh, that's that's a God-given limp for me. Uh, But I would say for those people listening uh, that God has put those same breadcrumbs in each of our stories. Mm -hmm. And if there's something that Hannah and I talk um, and and really try to pay careful attention to in our own lives, it's it's just longing and desire Mm -hmm. that God has placed in us and through spiritual formation and through um, a lot of really good authors that we've been digging into, partially with the help of Drew here, we've been realizing that that longing is something that God has, has fully prepared us to do. Mm. He may take us through hardship, but that hardship is, is something that he's not scared of. Mm. He wants to enter into that hardship with us to bring out those deeper, uh, draw out those deeper things in us mm-hmm. and help us to live more full lives right now yeah. and to grow us up in those things. And, and that's something that, um, I, I really wish I knew. <laughs> I spent a lot of time feeling guilty uh, because here I was trying to help people and I needed this, right? Mm. Even though I was a trained counselor, guys, I, the, the shame that came along with um, reaching back, realizing nothing was there, mm. and then saying, oh no, what is life about? Um, that's something that I could feel shame about even to this day. But the answer to that was uh, that God was ready to walk through that with me. Mm. And um, that's that is why um, that's why I do what I do, mm-hmm. um, and, and I would want that for each and every listener to find their own version of this. Yeah. And uh, Dan Allender, who who we're going to reference, he has a great book. Um, it's to be told. Mm-hmm. 
he talks about how you may be you may come to crossroads in your life and and you can look back on your story and see God's death and resurrection in your own story as he tells you which way you should go. Hmm. And so um, that that's something that's big in my life and hopefully that's something that can help listeners. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Well, what a great conversation we've had today. We are going to uh, post a couple of different links. Of course, we're going to mention the Dan Allender um, video and different things there. We're also going to put a link to the Wellspring Counseling Center and how you can uh, go on there and, and just look around and see if that's something of interest. Uh, Chris Parker, thank you so much, man. What a great conversation. Listeners, Drew, by the way, thanks for, for hosting us here and doing this. Thank you for listening in and tune back in next week. Thank you for listening to The Table, a podcast of Calvary Church in West Lafayette. Music was provided by Heath Bentley. For more information, check us out at yourcalvary.info.